We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, the Texans got eight head coaches right now on their list of potential interviews. Um, we're getting good news that uh, that's that that you know they don't all have to commit. I, I believe right away. Um, I think D'Amico Ryan's uh, is is one that I think a lot of a lot of Texans fans are really 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 high on, rightfully so. Former Houston Texan, um, and, and he has. Um, he has accepted and and will interview with the Houston Texans. I think that'll be good news for for a lot of folks out there uh, listening. He will interview Tyler. Do we have a date on D'Amico Ryan's on when he will? No day right Ryan? now. Okay, no sir. Just um, reports saying Thursday or Friday. Got it. Got yep. it. Got it. So D'Amico Ryan's he he will interview with the Texans. But the, as I said, there's eight head coach candidates on the list right now. These are all coaches um, that that the Texans have requested permission to interview and um there's one guy on that list and and it's sean payton there's one guy on that list that has experience there's one guy on that list that has pelts on the wall there's one guy on that list that right now is employed by a network and is on tv speaking openly about uh his his potential head coach future in the nfl and and several of the team's uh, that he is has uh, has accepted or has um, stated that he will interview with the Texans are one of those teams and Sean Payton went on with um, with Colin Cowherd uh, it, and he, he spoke very candidly about um, you know the Texans and and whether he would consider the the Texans job. And and he even went he went a lot deeper into details, but I want to start there. This I think I think show what this will do is I think this will clear it up for some folks. I think Sean Payton I think is a long shot for some folks. People think it, it, it'll never happen. Uh, maybe he he won't even take it serious. Uh, a lot of people look at the Texan situation um, and and don't believe it's an appealing situation. Well, Sean answers all of those questions. Tyler, let's start with Sean Payton and Colin Cowherd having a little bit of a back and forth about whether Sean Payton would legitimately consider the Houston Texans job as as a, a, a potential landing spot for him this year. Are you willing to consider that? If, if Absolutely. You, okay, you Here's would. Here's why. And look, I think I know the ownership group, not re- very well, but we practiced against the Texans okay. in New Orleans four or five different times. So um, Cal McNair, his his late father, we'd see them, and so I don't I don't know him well, but I but I know them. We we you know when you when you practice for three days with an opponent, you get a chance to meet a lot of the different personalities and people involved in the building. I I thought the the first rattle out of the box right there show is 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 when he they, and they by the way they were specifically talking about the Texans job right there. Uh, Cal Hurd specifically brought that up, and and he said he didn't even let him finish the the, the his his mm-hmm. little bit of a ramble there. He just said absolutely, and so I I'm look there. 
And, and look, I, I I think he's got a, a a list of teams, and and I think the Cowboys are at the top of that list. But but there 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 is some doubt, I think, of whether Sean Payton and, and the top coaching candidates would take Houston serious. Not just interview, just for the sake of interview. And I mean, we all know that creating some level of of, of competition for your services, I, I think, um, makes sense, right? And and get two or three teams involved, and you'll get more get more money and and. They'll drive your 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 price tag through the roof, and so a, a lot of folks may think that that that's the only reason that Sean Payton would interview. Well, I, I mean, according to what Sean just said right there, the 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 to start his phrasing with absolutely, I think uh, was big time. He didn't stop there though. He didn't he didn't stop there. He went on and talked a little bit about what specifically he likes about the Texans situation. They've got really good draft capital, really good draft couple capital. A couple good young players. They're in a division that you can at least look at and say, all right, Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville is nothing, but you, you can at least. So I, I think there's growth potential immediately there from their two or three wins that they had this year. I know Nick a little bit, Casario, mm-hmm. um, because, again, when he was in New England, we had a lot of practices with their team. So each team would be just like we're having that discussion. There'd be pros, and that's the significance, though, of the upcoming week or two, of meeting Mm -hmm. some of these individuals, asking some questions, maybe some difficult questions, and trying to get answers so that we're not having difficult questions when you've already taken the job. Knows Nick, knows what he's getting into, Mm. um, understands the the draft capital situation and and greatly appreciates – that I think I think the division the Texans play in I think it's arguably one of the year in year out one of the worst divisions in all of football. So in other words, a coach would think he'd come in here and, and win a little bit quicker, and maybe a little bit more often than some of the other other potential landing spots. Um, I, I, I think I think show what what Peyton had to say of, in terms of considering the job, knowing ownership, knowing Nick Casario, be understanding the dynamic of what this division is and and that draft capital where he can go out there and draft his quarterback. Or if he doesn't want to do that, there's cap space to go out there and get a free agent quarterback. He can build this team however he would like, and he's clearly impressed with not worried about ownership, not worried about Nick Casario, and he's clearly impressed with the draft capital. I, I'm telling you, Clint, I can't believe. I couldn't believe he's saying that today. I really, like, I could not believe he was going to the positivity bat for the Texans. And I, I think – whether he takes the job or not, right? I'm going to listen to him. And, yes, there could be a lot of different things happening. Or, yes, he could be completely genuine in what he is saying. So I'm going to take it as, as, a, as a thought that, all right, he would actually listen to the Texans. It's not like he's completely written the Texans off. But even to that point, which is a positive thing, because I do believe on the market right now he is the best coach. He is the fixer that this organization needs, and there is no other coach that I would trust right now with a young quarterback. But even if none of that happens, just having somebody like Sean Payton come out and talk up your organization when you don't have to. Like when he was just he was just on Colin Cowherd. Just last week, Colin Cowherd was discussing options for Sean Payton. And he said two teams that are completely out of it. Arizona and Houston, two things, a coach that is as talented and has options like Sean Payton doesn't want, drama, which is alive and well in Arizona with Kyler Murray, and craziness. And he said the owner for the Texans and their situation is crazy. You don't want to be around that. And then he brings him on on Monday, 
and Sean Payton is talking up positivity towards the Texans and why it's a viable option and why it's a viable job for an organization that has been looked at as a bit of a laughing stock and they have deserved it here of late. Yep. Dysfunctional mm-hmm. is a term we've used a lot here. For Sean Payton to come on, even if he doesn't become the coach, even if it ain't serious, for him to come on and say this is a viable option, it just makes the organization look a lot better. Yeah, look, I, I, we, I've said this before. I, I just I think when you navigate a process the right way, good things naturally, organically come from it. Um, you're associated with good coaches. You're, you're in the conversation with all the teams in a positive light. Um, and, and in this particular instance, you got the hottest head coach candidate that's out there now. If he chooses to stay at, stay in TV and come back next year, you got that guy talking about you. This guy, this guy is is employed by a network right now. He's got a mic in front of his face twenty four seven. To 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 have him when you the minute you include him in an interview process, you 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 gain an ally for at least a, a month or so until he's hired by somebody else. I I think it's just, it's it's one reason why I'm I'm so adamant about not sticking your head in the sand. Uh, I'm so adamant about about navigating processes competently and and. Uh, you know, the, it matters. Like the perception matters, and 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 the way that you execute these things absolutely matters. So, to your point, Peyton talking positive about the mm. Texans is is absolutely huge. There's a couple more things here that I think the fans uh, the, uh, of the Texans and hell NFL fans for that matter need to be updated on. Sean Payton went on to talk about the draft compensation. There's been a lot of com- conversation around. What would it take for a team to hire Sean Payton? He's under contract with the Saints, so clearly you don't get him for free. You got to give something up. On this show, I believe we're all we're all in agreement that we'd give up a first round draft pick. But what does that look like? What level first round draft pick? Is it a first round draft pick? Well, Colin Cowherd asked um, Sean Payton today specifically about what the Saints would want um, in return for Sean Payton to be released out of that contract. If I may, what's the compensation look like? We haven't even met yet, so that's probably something. Well, no, that's that's something that comes up later in the process. Um, I mean, that matters. I think each team um, would be a little different. Mickey Loomis and I have talked already about it. I, I think ultimately the compensation for the Saints would be uh, a mid a mid or later first round pick. Okay. Um, now we can arrive at that in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think Denver has a pick they acquired back when they traded. Uh, it's the 49ers uh, pick. Yeah. So they have okay, that. Okay. You're right. So it's the end of first round. You're right. Yeah. But, but each team's got different ammo yeah. or different pick selections. And you know, it, it could be a future one maybe where you have to throw in something. I can't believe he gave that answer. Well, to, to be clear too, to, to be clear, if, if, if you watch it in whole, because I know that 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 piece of audio started a little bit a little bit odd. He, he didn't understand, like he thought Colin Cowherd was asking him about his own compensation, like how much a team would have to pay him. That's why he started that conversation with, "We haven't even had that conversation yet." The money, yeah. Well, then 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 Colin Cowherd cleared it up, and they said, "Hey, well, are you talking about me, or are you talking about?" Oh, well, then Mickey Loomis said, "You know, whatever he said." So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe he let the cat out of the bag. Mickey Loomis, the general manager for the Saints, who they have a great relationship. Yes, yes. Apparently, I mean, he he let it out. Now we know. Yep. Now we know what's being talked about. I'm guessing Mickey's okay with it. I mean, yep. the Saints, but that is, I couldn't believe. Like, no one would even, I wouldn't even have thought to even ask that question. Because, you, you know, you just don't even think you're going to get an, hey, man, what's the compensation? Yeah. I can feel like a waste of <clears throat> Well, he, did. he said, "Well, I, I got to ask, what, what's the, what's the conversation really, look like?" I'm I'm wondering if they discussed this prior, right. but but 
to what to the points you're saying. I don't know if they did. He was confused. No, it, yeah, it didn't seem like because Sean started answering that question like he was talking about how much money he was going to make yeah. every single year, what his contract looked like. And then he corrected it and said, hey, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about me or are you talking about – so anyway, the, the point is is it's going to take a mid to late first round pick. And I've said this from jump. Oh when God. we're talking about the Texans, I'm going to do it all day, every day, and twice on Sunday if it's a first round pick. And uh, if I can trade one of – and we're talking about the Deshaun Watson trade and the first round picks the Texans have. They've already used two of them. they got four more, two this year and two next year. If I can use one of those six first round picks, trade for a coach – that I know is going to make make sure that I'm right on the other five first round draft picks, and make sure you get the most out of the other first, the other five first round draft picks. I am making that mo- that move all day, every day. There's no question about it. I, I'm I, whatever I got to do to get that compensation right. If it consists of a first round draft pick, I'm making that that particular move. And the Texans, if we're being completely honest, they're they're another reason why their appealing show is that they have. They have the ability to give up a first-round draft pick and and Sean not lose all of the, the draft capital that he has. If it were up to me, I'd give away I, – I'd, I'd, I'd try to offer next year's next year's Cleveland Browns pick. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you want to you, you want to negotiate and get the best deal that's best for you. Yeah. But then the end of, end of the day, if it takes that 12th pick, I mean, I, I, maybe we're we, we going back and forth a little bit. But ultimately, I, I, I'm, I'm giving that up. Now, I'm not giving you the two. But, I mean, as I said, when this first started, when it was even even more of a long shot than it is right now, like a Kenyon Green-level player is not going to be more impactful than Sean Payton. It's just not. The two ways we can see organizations change the quickest and for the longest period of time is you get the coach right and the quarterback right. Are you talking about a 12? Yeah, like someone just texted in right now. Do any of you really think Sean Payton really wants to go back to coaching? Yes. What the hell's he doing? It's the silliest question like I've seen he, on the on the old doing? text line today. What's he doing? <clears throat> What's he doing? He's he's telling you. Yeah, he's that's telling him. Us. Hell, he's that's interviewing. Not, he's interviewing this week. That's not Tyler. That's not Tyler acting like he is Sean Payton on Colin Cowherd today. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not that's that good. Not any of us imitating. It's Sean. He's it's interviewing Sean this week. Taking interviews. He, he wants to get back into coaching. He has said it. He's doing all the things that he wants to get back into coaching. All right, there's uh, Sean, Sean, and, uh, Sean wasn't done. He, he, here he is talking to Colin about uh, the, the three big ones, right? The, the quarterback, the general manager, and ownership, and which ones are the most important. Uh, ownership quarterback. Is that how you view it? Yeah. Oh, okay, those are the two biggies. Yeah, and it would start with ownership and, and just the – because, look, finding both, you know, generally speaking, if the quarterback is there, they're probably a team that's playing well, generally speaking. And so the teams that have openings, I'm not going to say are broken, but they've had problems. That's why right. there's an opening. Right. Um, and so I, I think that element's critical, the ownership element and philosophically – you know, because there, and I've said this, and I hope it's, it's it's not looked at as an indictment on certain teams, but there are a number of teams. It's hard to win in this league, and, and it's certainly harder to win in this league if there's internal uh, problems oh, before you, before you even play an opponent. Right. Couple things there. Oh, my. one one. I, I think the ownership. Um, I think that's a huge positive for the Texans for the record. I, I don't think a guy like Sean Payton is as worried about you know the the some of the things that have been circulated over the last few years with with Cal McNair from an ownership perspective. Look, he's trusted the wrong people, and, and the organization's been a mess. 
But from an ownership perspective, I believe that Sean Payton looks at the Texans as a positive. You got a guy here that doesn't want to be involved on a day-to-day basis. You got a guy here that wants to write checks and go win ball games, and that's exactly what I believe a, a guy like Sean Payton would want. Write the check and get the heck out of the way. Don't be a distraction and 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 don't be a problem. I, I think I think that is what ultimately what Sean would like. The other one is at the very end of that thing, um, boy, he makes a strong point of what I think has been a major problem for the Texans of late, which is, you know, you, you've got major problems from within before you ever get to game day. Um, hopefully that's a, a thing of the past uh, with, with the Texans with his next hire. All right, man, this weekend was so clear on what the Texans and how important it is going to be for them to get this coaching search right because the story of the weekend screamed, screamed the fix for the Texans. We'll discuss that next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. But I'm telling you, man, all of this Sean Payton stuff that you hit on in the last segment kind of really kind of spins around to how important it is. And the story of the weekend, Clint, there's a lot that happened, right? Big wild card, super wild card weekend. Hell is still going. Uh, Cowboys, uh, Bucks tonight. But I think the story of the weekend, the biggest, the biggest news stories to me is what happened in Jacksonville and in New York. And those, what I look at, you would think are upsets. And that is uh, the Jags coming back from 27 to nothing. And Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions and then four touchdown passes and tracking down Justin Herbert and the Chargers in a year where they had the worst record. They've had the worst record the last two years. Number one pick the last two years. Worst record last year. Then they won the division, and now they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. They are two games away from the Super Bowl. And then the New York Giants, who have been struggling behind Joe Judge and that horrible hire and thought they drafted the wrong guy in Daniel Jones. And then yesterday, Brian Dable, who should be the NFL Coach of the Year, capped things off even more. And then they go on the road and beat the Minnesota Vikings. And now they are in the divisional round. Those two teams got new coaches and immediately turned top five, top five worst teams in the league around. And now they're in the postseason rolling. Like those are the two big stories. And if you are someone who follows the Texans or roots for the Texans, you can't help but look at the importance and what that meant. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to 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 separate them. I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's hard to to for me. It's kind of a double edged sword, right? Is is you're looking at the a, a, a franchise that can that can turn it around that quick? Who's to say you can't do it? Right? You're looking at it as um, this team, this organization seems to be. Uh, again, navigating these head coach candidates, uh, you know, competently, and so maybe you, you maybe you don't miss this year on a guy that could be one of those two, like one of, do what those two head coaches have done. So yeah, it, it's hard to ignore what, what we just watched from those two squads for sure. Clint, 
I mean, just, and I know you've hit it a few times, but the thought that the Texans didn't even request an interview even one of these two. Mm-hmm. That, that is, and we're seeing a major difference. Like now, as you just said, you, you're hopefully you can be those teams. They've at least now given them ch- themselves a chance by interviewing, you know, some of the top candidates now. Last year, they didn't even interview these two. Yep. Which is just which is just wild, and that it that just it just shows hopefully the the, the different place that they're in right now. Well, the, the it, it just shows it just, to me to me here's what it does to me it sets the bar. I mean, I, it, it's it's no longer a situation where you know an organization hires a coach and it should take him three years to get back to five hundred above yeah. five hundred be be a fringe playoff team shouldn't happen. It just flat out shouldn't happen. You, you've got because if you look at what's gone on in both of those, both of those, both of those teams, um, one one of them one of them is in the most competitive, arguably the best division in football in the NFC East, the Giants. They've they've had Kenny Galladay, a guy they're paying a boatload of money to, had high expectations for as a non-factor. I don't even know if he's still playing. No, he and, was a professional screen blocker. There you go. And and then and then they traded one of their first round picks, Kadarius Tony, to the Chiefs, who who. Um, he's he's killing over there. So, um, I mean, it, it's not a perfect situation. It, it's it's a, a they're, they're well coached football teams that are that are taking their players that they have right now, and they are putting them in position to to play to their strengths to win football games. And they're resurrecting guys. Daniel Jones, hell, the owner in New York came out and said, "We ain't put this guy in position to even know whether he's worth a flip or not." Right. Well, Brian Daybol has, and he had a historic game yesterday. Three yeah, for three hundred, rush for for over seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they just they don't they don't have. When you look in New York, I mean, they they don't have the Jimmys and Joes. I mean, they they don't have the dudes. At Kevin least Kevin Neal, their very first round pick, wasn't hasn't been great this year. He's like the he's, only lower rated first round pick than than uh, Kenyon Green, Green, I believe. Yeah. He's the only other D. He's the only other D yeah, or yeah. D minus in the in the the rating system. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect, not an ideal situation. Do they have a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl? No, I think it would be an absolute long shot. But you hire the right guy, you get the right quarterback in here, um, you, you you hire the right, I mean, you, you, you sign the right free agents, a handful of good free agents, and you can make an absolute run and, and get back to relevance. You can get back to 500. That That's... I know there can't be 500. You can get back to eight and nine. You can get back to nine and eight. You may be able to win ten ball games if the stars align, and you're not punting. You can put on, yourself in playoff. You're not punting on fourth and three in overtime, things like that. You may you may get a chance to make a a, a a postseason. I know it just it still it just cuts deep, man. Um, so yeah, to me it's it's this the story about this weekend with the Jags and the Giants, in particular. You can also say the Minnesota Vikings, but we'll stop we'll stop there and just say hey. Here's the bar, man. First year head coaches are coming in and they are like there's tangible evidence as in playoff appearances. Um, but there's damn sure tangible evidence as you watch the season unfold of of trending in the right direction. This whole hiring somebody and let them just stay steady for a year or two years. I mean, that being quote unquote patient, man, those days, those days are over. Yeah, right now Texans fans shouldn't accept. Oh well, this is a three-year process. No, no, because you've already eaten two years. You, you've eaten two Should've years. Never have. Yeah, you, you've already. Which I, I hate it. I hate. I hate the approach, but I understand the method to the madness. Right? You, you've already had your two years of getting the cap space right. You've already had your two years of getting the draft picks right. You've already had your two years of getting beyond Jack Easterby and David Culley and Lovey Smith and Deshaun Watson 
and all the bad apples that are on your roster. You've had all all of that stuff's gone. You've had your two years of your rebuild. I mean, you can argue that the coach is going to be hired here. He wasn't following up a bunch of disgruntled players with Joe Judge in New York. He wasn't following up a bunch of players that had literally been kicked in, yeah. in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. I mean, you don't have any of that right there to deal with. So this should be – you hire the right guy, you get the quarterback in place, you get your play caller in place, then then you should – this thing should be bumping at – I mean, fringe 500 this next year. Oh, you think that? Absolutely. Especially if it's the right person. Absolutely. No question about it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just – yeah, Doug Peterson and the, and the Jags with – I mean, come on, man. I mean, just completely shifted on it. Yes, he had Trevor Lawrence, but if you – Trevor Lawrence – you remember we were walking in here and people were saying that Davis Mills was was better than Trevor Lawrence. To even think that that was even a thought, it meant how bad it was for Trevor Lawrence in, in the first year. Okay, how bad it was and yeah. what Doug Peterson had to take over. With him. Hey, by the way, watching playoffs this week. Did y'all know Max Sharpin was was starting in the playoffs? Had no clue to I saw him no, on the television I screen. Did, I didn't know. I did <laughs> no not idea. know. I said, oh. And then when they came up and they said, all right, and uh, and, and, and Mike Tirico said, all right, let's go ahead and go to the uh, Bengals offense. They rolled through there, and I saw Max Sharping. Well, how about that? I said, Max Sharping <laughs> is starting in the playoffs? I said, and listen, I'm, listen, and I'm not going to say, like, I think Nick Casario and company has made some mistakes on guys they've let go. I'm not going to say that for Max. Although Max is starting for the Bengals somehow. I thought the Bengals were trying nah, to show up Max is running in circles again last That's night. I, say, I, saw, I saw Max get his ass kicked a few times as well. But, I mean, this is this is where the Bengals were. Coming in, their number one priority was to fix the offensive line. They better have a rash of injuries up front yeah. to get to Max Sharpie. Well, you, the, the crazy thing about that is, is look, I, I don't I – don't, Fought the Texans. There's a couple guys that I did watch this weekend that just still frustrate the hell out of me of why they're not part oh, of the yeah, Texas squad. Oh yeah, it was squad. some guys out there. But 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 Sam's not. Or what's his name? <laughs> Cyrus. Oh, Max. Max Sharp. Max Sharping is not is not one of them. I look. I'm. I, but but I, I do think if you as you watch Cincinnati, like I, I think the moral of that story is a, a good pass game, a quarterback and a play caller that understand what you got going on up front can make a guy look good. Can make a guy. Well, let me say, be careful. Not look good, but look better than than just your quarterback standing back there and asking asking a guy that clearly is overwhelmed to hold up and pass blocking over and over and over again. I mean, Joe Burrow was getting rid of the ball unbelievably quick, and it was saving his offensive line um, several times there. So, um, yeah, that, that one surprised me. I didn't. I did not know he was. I didn't even know he was in Cincinnati, much less starting <laughs> for Cincinnati. So you said it was some guys that ticked you that, that, that still frustrate frustrate you. Who you see this weekend that frustrates you? Charles Minahu is one that that will frustrate me for a long, long time. I, 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 I just he was clearly he was the best defensive player we watched at camp every day. I agree wholeheartedly, and and you look at it, him and Shaq Lawson are the two. Him, oh him, God, him, yeah, him and Shaq Lawson are the two. I'm sitting there watching them make plays for two of the best defenses in 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 the playoffs in in Buffalo and and um in San Francisco. I look, I mean. The, the the part that frustrates me most is is for a few reasons is number one, it, it was a unit that was absolutely depleted from jump this year, right? I mean that that that's that's what pisses me off the most is is you pushed out two starters, um and and it was at the at a position to where you were just absolutely depleted and your head coach is saying hey man, I mean the my, the identity of my defense is up front now these guys aren't necessarily three techniques but but they are they are defensive linemen. And that position was was 
was, I mean, I mean, hell, they were on a ventilator, boys. Um, not, 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 no, no, not I mean, them personally, just the position. No, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jonathan Grenard no. missed a hundred games. I mean, they were, yeah, they yeah, were. And, and then not to mention, like you had them, they they were guys that you had given a, you didn't get rid of them, but like Bradley Roby, I would have preferred to keep Bradley Roby, but I understood the contract. You need to get it off the books. You need to move it, right? I, I, all those kind of moves, I totally understand. Shaq Lawson, you had to pay to leave, and Charles Omenu, who. Charles Omenahu, you played games with until he was so frustrated that you pushed him up out of here. They were guys that ultimately Nick Nick couldn't or didn't want to work with because he didn't fit the mold of whatever the hell they were trying to do down there. So, yeah, th- those two guys, watching them make plays for two of the top defenses in the, in the playoffs really, really rubs me the wrong way. Max, I don't give a damn. Even yeah. some of the other guys that I like are that really good. That just caught me off guard. I oh, saw a couple on that screen. Yeah. I mean, some, some of the ones – I mean, I, I get it. There's a lot of turnover – but boy, when they're players that you had given a chance to, and that they were, cost you not, and, and you just played games with Charles Amenahu, and now he's out there making plays, man. Shaq Lawson still on that dead cap. Boy, that's frustrating, man. Yeah, that was man, and he and he has been all season. It wasn't just yesterday. Amenahu too. They, yeah. they've been they've been all season guys that I know damn sure are going to help you. Well, that's just one thing you hope moving forward happens is that the next the next coach. Um, isn't so so dialed into whatever Nick Casario wants to wants to accomplish that you let good players like that get out of the out of the door. If if you can justify it, hey man, good players move on. Like DJ Reader, a lot of people going on with DJ should have paid DJ Reader. Hey, at the time they didn't want to invest fourteen million a year in a in a nose guard, okay, in a D tackle, okay. Hell, right now hindsight, I wish they'd have kept him too, right? But but there's, I understand that contracts. Some guys just want the hell out. I understand that you, you got to clear cap space. I get it. But, boy, those two, there ain't no excuse why those two shouldn't be here. All right, uh, more on the big story here with with Sean Payton and what he's had to say and some of your reactions. And, uh, man, a lot happened over the weekend. Storylines, maybe maybe the second coming of Tom Brady we're seeing right before our Mm. very eyes. We'll discuss that next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Oh, man, a lot more than just on the field happened over the weekend. Storylines happening the rest of the way now and heading into the offseason. But before we get to that, as we've talked about today, Sean Payton said he would absolutely consider the Texans uh, and and talked about being uh, intrigued by their draft capital, money to spend, said he, uh, he knows the ownership, knows Nick, knows what he's getting into. Says it would take a uh, a mid-level pick to get the deal done for a trade for him. Mid-level first-round pick. Mid-level first-round pick to get the trade done for him uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, somebody on the text line, on the trailer wheel and frame text line, Clint said, Did your thoughts, because you are you are for uh, uh, the move for, for getting Sean Payton. Talked about it, talked about it, gave your reasons, gave your thoughts, said you would give up uh, a mid-level pick. Hell, you give up 12. From the text line, uh, I can, Clint, I fully disagree with you. There are other candidates that can get the job done. No draft capital. This franchise has been screwed too many times. Hey, man, to each their own, brother. To each their own. If if uh, if you want to let the if you want to let the uh, head coach candidate that that is um, That's what never been a head coach that that, that you know is is uh, a Super Bowl winning head coach and and put a product on the field in New Orleans for, for many years that uh, everybody involved felt like you had a chance to win a Super Bowl until you lost your last ball game. 
You want to let that walk out the door because you worried about one first-round draft pick when you got six of them over last year, this year, next year? To each their own, man. I just, I just, it is not even a, it is not even a, a, a thought. You've got, you, you, you give, golly, I don't, I can't even Well, I mean, it. the whole, the whole thing, and I think there are a lot of people who feel this way. Tyler, I know you've been seeing uh, the trailer Will and Frame text line. I know all of you have been getting responses on Twitter on, on these comments, conversations we've been having about Sean for a couple of weeks. But the whole deal of it, this franchise is tired of be, has been screwed too many times. The other candidates can get the job done. Well, maybe they can. But if you're tired of being screwed so many times, so you're out on the most qualified and the most successful one, you're out on that one. Like you've been screwed so many times. I hear you. That's why you're like, oh man, let's get the good, let's get them, let's get the one that's good. You've been screwed so many times. Sean Payton. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. What? Like that that's the one like, like there, there's one guy in the eight there's one guy of the of the eight coaches that you've requested permission to interview. There's one that you know you're getting right if you get him. There's one that you, we don't sit around and go, "Man, I wonder if that dude's a leader of men." Is that, you know, all we seem to do is call plays offensively or defensively. You know, is, I wonder is, is that he, the guy I want to be with my is, quarterback? Is he really ready? Yeah. Can it can, now if he's defensive matter, can he go out and find the right guy to be with my quarterback? And you know, is he is he not only a leader of men relative to the team, but to the coaching staff? And is he able to handle all the things that come with being a head coach, not just the X's and O's and the Sunday afternoons? Like all of those are answered. You know, I mean, all of those are answered with Sean Payton. If, and if you would rather have a, a crapshoot first-round pick for th- than that, then teach your own. Yeah, I just I, – listen, I believe D'Amico Ryans has a chance to be a, a great NFL coach. I, I, Shane Steichen really intrigues me. Um, I'm not a Jonathan Gannon guy. I'm going to come right out and say that. Uh, but – like they are guys that are intriguing that I think could be really good head coaches. Hell, I th- I think Eric Bieniemy could be a really good head coach. But I know Sean Payton can't be, and I know Sean Payton. I know Sean Payton can take a player at a quarterback of different skills and get the absolute best out of them. I know he can help. He's helped build a program that was down like the Saints build a quarterback that was thought of to be a good quarterback into a first ballot Hall of Famer in Drew Brees that doesn't have exceptional skills. I've watched what he has been creative when Drew Brees has gotten hurt 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater, 5-2 and with Jameis Winston. He's won seven games with, the, with Taysom Hill as his starting quarterback and had to get creative there. I know what he can do. This is a dude that has won a Super Bowl, has been to multiple NFC Championship games. Know it. I believe D'Amico Ryans has a chance to be a really good coach. I do. I believe some of these offensive guys have a chance to be really good coaches. But come on now. <laughs> like, like if you, as you said, tired of this franchise being screwed that many times, wouldn't you think about getting the best – the best possible guy. I mean, what what you should be tired of is is having uh, a coach that's either generating uh, or, or allowing dysfunction within the walls before you ever take the field. What you should be tired of is 
is guys being asked to to be the face of the organization that have no business being the face of the organization. What you should be tired of is an ownership that keeps hiring people that you can't trust worth a damn and, and they can't they can't win football games. What we should be tired of is is drafting a, a guy number three overall and then he get that that has man to man strengths and then he plays zone the majority of the season because the because the defensive coordinator uh, is is a predominantly zone uh scheme guy. Um you know that that's those are the things that you should be that you should be tired of, right? I mean, just generally speaking, like, well, I'm tired of this organization stinking. Well, hell, so am I. So, so how about we how about we hire some people that aren't crapshoots? How about we hire some some folks that that we know if 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 we give them the the right personnel, which you got plenty of cap space and, and plenty of of draft capital. How about we hire somebody that we know 100 percent that you give them the right dudes, their product, their playbook, their blueprint, it works. I'm not saying it's going to win a Super Bowl. What I'm saying is is I would be willing to bet you that you are a your your playoff expectations immediately. Like I like I, I mean, to me it's I'm tired of getting screwed. I'm tired of sucking. I'm tired I'm tired of all that stuff too. Right there with you. But at the end of the day, I mean there's what I'm tired of is Things that are in the control of most good football people, like like good football coaches and and people that run organizations, I'm tired of those things not being done right. Like that that's to me that's I'm I'm more tired of of all the goings on with Bill O'Brien late in his career and undermining people and the and the the, the Jack Jack Easterby deal, uh, even some of the Nick stuff that can that 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 included. Jack to some to some degree. I don't know what level. I don't know what level, what degree that was, but you know all of that stuff. I mean, the the, the whole thing. I, like I'm, I just want them to hire or or let's say this. I want them to pursue like aggressively the two or three guys that that give us the best chance to to do those things right. Yeah. All right, I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't understand it. Boy, I, I just ooh, I don't understand it. All right. Hey, but we'll, we'll run through some of these games this past weekend. Ooh, wild card weekend. I, no, it was, it was crazy. Brock Purdy, as uh, as the Niners beat the brakes off of. Like I, I went to the game. I'm thinking, well, San Francisco may have the quarterback advantage. Geno Smith's in the in the in the Pro Bowl this year. He's had a breakout season. Like I'm not comparing him to him, to this person, but if you look at the run that Tom Brady had to start with the Patriots, yeah. Yep. Coming in for injury and them going in the Super Bowl, like Brock Purdy looks like not like he's not that he's going to be Tom, but he looks comfortable. The storyline, and, 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 yeah. and the storyline is very very similar right now. Yeah, look, I, I I think I love watching it. First of all, I mean, I I think it's just the the power of having a good play caller and having a good defense and having like the pieces and an, a strong identity around a quarterback. You're just seeing how how I mean, we've seen it. We, we watched it with with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo forever. But you're seeing how you can literally plug in the last guy drafted in the, in the draft this year, Mister Irrelevant. You can plug him into to this particular formula and potentially get Super Bowl at the end of it. I mean, that that is it's unbelievable. You watch the kid play; he's playing like a veteran. Um, you know, he's making the one or two throws, and at least I say he's making. Let's say let's say the one playoff game we've seen him play. 
he made the two or three throws that that were big time throws. Were, were they perfect? The no, but, yeah, he did it in a regular season. But but it's just a matter of to me, if he can go make those plays, he's going to cement himself as a starter in San Francisco is, sooner rather than is later. Is this one where you believe, man? He got he really went to the right place. Like Davis Mills would be doing this if he were in San Francisco. No, I, the, Davis Mills hasn't done anything to make me believe that he can do what Brock's doing. Is that what? Yes, yeah, so I'm saying if he were in the situation where he is under Kyle Shanahan and. Like he, like I think he would have a much better chance of succeeding. I, I, I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't think, think I, I don't think he. It I, feels like some people missed on Brock. Yeah, there's some people. There's, there's, there's something, there's something to Brock, and and uh, he's he's moving, he's throwing the ball, he's throwing the ball well on the run, he's making as many plays as the system is making for him, um, in big time throws, and and so, yeah, he, Brock Purdy's doing some 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 really really fun things. Here's here's the thing in in San Francisco is what do they do at the quarterback position? What do you do? What do you do with Trey Lance if Brock Purdy keeps balling? I I think if Brock Purdy wins one more one more playoff game, it's gonna be hard. To, it's gonna be hard to bench him. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be hard to think that he's not gonna win one more playoff game the yeah. way that they're playing. Yeah. All right. Um, what the hell happened in Jacksonville? Mm, come 31-30, on, thirty-one thirty. They are down twenty-seven to nothing. Trevor is looking bad. I mean, four picks. Hell, what a, a, a Sante Samuel's son got three of them. Yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden, it was like a slow comeback, and they won this thing in regulation. As bad as it was, it was one of those games where you look at me like, man, it's only twenty-seven nothing, and there's still two two and a half quarters left to play, right? I mean, you still just feel like, okay, there's there's a shot if you can make anything happen. The drive at the end of the first half where yeah. they punched it in, that one right there was where I was like, say, there's a chance they may be able to. And then and then I tell you, all BS aside, the the touchdown that. The touchdown that the Chargers missed, Justin Herbert missed to Keenan, uh, Keenan I almost said Keenan McCardle. Um, wow. To uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Um, I, when that happened, I was like, that one's going to hurt. That That's going to come back to bite them. Um, you just feel like Jacksonville wasn't completely put down yet. And, boy, they came out in the second half. What a, what a showing by Trevor and that Doug. I, I, they won I mean, over a lot of people in that locker room too. Oh, the way they were yeah. talking. I mean, if they weren't already bought in, they 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 are now. I mean, but that's just again, you go back to um, what what was who was the team that was that was down thirty something, thirty to nothing or something, and came back? Was that it? Wasn't Minnesota? Was it? Minnesota did. Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball more than three yards. That was the NFL record with Minnesota against the Colts. Year. It, it was, was Colts, Jeff Saturday. The Colts. Okay, yeah, Jeff the Colts. Saturdays. Like it, there's just something about the, look. I mean, I I hate. You know the coach speak of the turnovers. I understand that turnovers are important, but but I, I'm going to gear my team towards having the ability to win when you don't win the turnover battle, right? Mm. Uh, and, and and there's just I love watching. Okay, you're down. You've turned the football over a lot, but now a good offensive football team can bounce back and make a, a big time big time comeback when you need it the most. And it, it was never more obvious than than this this playoff game where Jacksonville was able to do it against. And I don't, look. I have. Any, I think the Chargers are one of the. Uh, they're, they're a pretty good, pretty good defense. I don't know if they're top. Are they? Are they in the top five in all categories? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, they're, they're really talented. They've had a lot of yeah, injuries. That's where I was going with. They're, they're, I know they're talented as hell and can cause problems for people. But um, man, what what a night! What what a night for for Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence. That was impressive. And real quick, I don't think Vikings haters could have written this up any better for how that game ended. 
with Kirk Cousins, fourth down mm. and eight, throwing the ball three yeah. yards, completely covered to the, TJ Hawkins. The, the biggest problem I have with that, everybody's talking. I don't have a problem with a guy throwing the ball behind the chains on fourth down. Not even in that situation. But I have a problem with a guy throwing a three-yard pass in rhythm. Like, that sucker took a five. However, he caught the ball. He said he took, Dexter Lawrence was on him. Oh, what? No, that's the deal. He may have said that, but but you don't, you, you don't like, no, you got to take that one, boss. Like, he he set his feet and threw to the tight end. He didn't see – if he – come on, man. I, I'm sorry, man. My, my season's on the line. I got to create – Got I got to I got to create some space to get this thing over to Justin Jefferson. Come on, Like, man. I, I got to give him a chance. Not three yards to TJ. All right, it was a great – it's been a really, really good day for the Texans and his fans from the coaching search and the things that Sean Payton has had to say. But even before Sean Payton spoke today about the Texans, there was great, great news that could really, really help the future of the Texans. We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.